Welcome to the Next Gen Podcast. Stepping up to the microphone are your hosts, Bryson Wright and Alex Winton. They got next, so let's get to the show. Hello and welcome into the Next Gen Podcast here on the Bluff City Media Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Bryson Wright, and I'm joined by my co-host, Alex Winton. Uh, and we got a lot of stuff to talk about with these last couple of Grizzlies games. Going to be looking ahead to the Dylan Brooks revenge game possibly coming up. We're going to talk about that. And then we're going to keep talking about this Grizzlies injury report and everything like that. But I did want to start with basically these last two games the Grizzlies just played. I think those are the only two we haven't covered on the pod yet uh, versus the Spurs and the Celtics. And even though the Grizzlies went one and one in those games, I feel like it might have been the best two game stretch they've had. Well, really, like we'll say six quarters because the first half of that Spurs game wasn't great. But I think they just had the best six quarter stretch we've seen from them, especially considering all the players that were also out in that Celtics game. Because, I mean, they were already missing, you know, the normal people that they know aren't, aren't they aren't going to have, which, you know, Stephen Adams, Brandon Clark, John Morant, they're not going to have those guys. But you're also missing Luke Kennard, Xavier Tillman, Derek Rose in the play in that game. Like there's just so much, there's so many people that were out in that game against the Celtics, uh, even though Derek Rose did even play that night before. He's not playing back-to-back, so he missed that Celtics game. Uh, but I think in that Spurs game, despite all of that, I felt like they did a really they did a really good job of like responding to that. And I think it was really like the Grizzlies bench in that game because obviously Jaron uh, and Desmond Bain both played pretty well, Jaron mostly in the second half. But it was 34 points combined from Zaire Williams and Santi Aldama. Uh, Zaire was a plus 27. I think this was his best game probably of his career. I'd say it might be the best game he's ever had. Uh, so he was awesome. Uh, Santi was awesome. And then those two with Bain and Jaron down the stretch, I thought were just made incredible plays. And then it kind of carried over into that Celtics game. They played a lot better against the Celtics than I honestly would have expected. I mean, that might be the best team in the NBA right now. And you're missing all these guys have already, you know, lost so many of these games. And to keep that as close as it was and really had a chance to steal one at the end of the game, didn't get it done. But I feel like the last six quarters of basketball do show that the Grizzlies have been making some progress. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I think obviously it's still, you know, again, I'm not a big believer in more victories, um, but at the same time, you do have to look at what the last two games and kind of feel encouraged to some degree. Um, I say at least in that first game against San Antonio, um, again, it looked really, really bleak for most of the game because, or not most of the game, but really most of the first half because they were down double digits most of that time. And, you know, it just seemed like they were going to, you know, have that same thing where they just don't have enough, at least for me, like I always say, enough offensive production to really get it done. But like you said, it seemed like, you know, uh, at least at least from a Zaire perspective, I don't know if that was the best game, but I know that was probably the best half, at least from in terms of second half, we'll see from him or at least of his career so far. That's what I was I'm thinking. That's probably his best half we've seen him play because um, he's hitting timely shots. Same with Santi. Um, you know, guys just stepped up. Like, for whatever reason, they really just locked in that second half. I don't, you know. And, again, a lot of it, you know, um, I mean, 
the Spurs, obviously, you know, they are a young team, so they kind of just took advantage of that. You know, the Spurs have had leads before, and they've blown them because of them just being a young, rebuilding team. But, again, the Grizzlies took advantage of that. And so, you know, guys are making timely plays and really timely buckets. I mean, that's how I kind of felt. Like, they – like, usually the, the buckets and the momentum plays that the Grizzlies usually don't get, they got in that game. Um, and it just swung their way. Um so, you know, I was really encouraged by everybody playing, like really mostly everybody that played that game really played decently uh, for the most part. Maybe a couple people didn't play as well as you thought. But, I mean, even D. Rose in the first game back played particularly decent. Um, obviously, Bismack played pretty well. Bain and Jaren played pretty well. Um, even though Conchar didn't really, you know, really do much in terms of if you look at his box score, he played pretty decently. Like you said, uh, Santi and Zaire are really the, the key because they gave you production offensively, you know, that you're going to need from outside of Jaron and Bain. You need somebody else. You need, like, two or three other people to really give you offense, especially considering the injury report and the situation right now. Um, as for the Celtics game, that was another game where they really just played hard and really, again, like you said, one of the best teams in the league. Um, for them to be that close and to be up at one point, like I said, I think I don't know if somebody saw my tweet. I said the Grizzlies are up one, and I was like, please, like, just stop counting. Like, if we could just end the game after that first quarter, that would have been great. <laughs> it would have been cool. Uh, but obviously, like, they just stayed with it the whole time. Like, really, like, I don't think they really the, – the Celtics didn't really get out to a big lead at all. Like, the game was so close. It was usually probably two or three possessions the whole time. And they had a chance to win that game at the end. Like, you know, like, they really had a chance to win that game if, you know, Santi hits a shot there and then maybe the other two possessions before that shot kind of go their way, um, you know, you're talking about a team that's on a two-game winning streak right now. And then, like I've been saying, they need to start, you know, um, putting together some games. Again, it's cool to win one, lose one, but at some point you need to get, you know, you need to win like three out of three out of four, four out of five, five out of six. Like you need something or like three out of five at least. Like you have to start stringing some games together because, again, like I said, the West is so close right now because they're still – even with the three and ten start, they're only a couple games out of the plan. It's not like it's like a a, a bad thing because West is so close right now, and so they really have to start understanding. Hey, we don't have to get to all the way to five hundred per se, but if they can get to two or three games within five hundred before Jaw gets back, or four or five, however, probably I say four or five max, then you're probably feeling decent about where you're at. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, it was encouraging. Obviously, again, you know, you wish they could have got the win against Boston, but I mean. I think if they play with that same type of focus and energy and effort, I mean, they probably, along with, you know, guys just, again, making more timely shots um, and giving more offensive production, I mean, they're probably going to win or have a better stretch than what they've had this first, you know, couple weeks of the season. Yeah, definitely. And I think another thing that I did notice, like, in these last two games is I do feel like the Grizzlies on the defensive end have been just a lot better in these last two games as well especially when it comes to, like, guarding the three-point line. I felt like they did do a bit of a better job against the Celtics, for sure, because the Celtics are one of those teams where coming in, I was thinking, well, the Celtics might kill them from the three-point line like a lot of teams have. They held him to only making, I think, they made 12 in that game. Uh, the Spurs game, they were kind of up and down, but I really feel like they locked in really in that second half and didn't give up as many open threes when the Spurs were making a lot in that like first couple quarters. So I feel like defensively they've gotten better, less over helping. Uh, a couple things, I think it was Zaire went under a couple of screens when he should have gone over in that Celtics game, especially when it's somebody like Sam Hauser who 
that's the only reason he's out there is to shoot the ball can't go under right and like you see how those one or two plays in a two-point game can really be the difference so still some stuff to clean up there but I think they've they've looked at a lot of the stuff that was like the main issues which for me has always been like the overhelping and getting out of position on defense I feel like they've been better at that uh either you know switching or just getting over screens like I think that's the issue it's like you don't have to pre-switch stuff like sometimes just don't switch if you can get over get over and it just helps everything it just helped everything be a lot better on that end I felt like I saw that in the Celtics game but also you got to play the personnel that can do that and one of the guys I did want to talk about in that Celtics game was Vince Williams Jr. Now I think that in terms of Vince with all these injuries and stuff that are out I think that playing him uh, was a great decision when they decided to play him. And honestly, I mean, the way he looked, I mean, he only played 17 minutes in that Celtics game. I honestly felt like he probably could have played more than that. Uh, but but and, but and he was a plus eight in those minutes, right? And he played really good defense when he was guarding Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. He had a super awesome block. I think it was on Derek White that he blocked. I can't remember exactly who it was, but it was a great defensive play. And he just had a couple of those like hustle plays. And I really feel like it wasn't just him, but it felt like he got the crowd involved too. So I'm really excited to see what we can get from him like in these next couple games because he already has everything you could want on the defensive end. You know, he's quick. He's, you know, good on his feet and everything. He's not clumsy or anything like that. Uh, he's got good length. He can block shots. He's athletic. Uh, he's got long arms. So he's like, he's got everything you really need in like a wing defender. And I feel like at times, maybe he's been overlooked, even like on this podcast. I feel like I haven't really talked about him that much, but seeing him uh, just kind of get thrown into that game when he hasn't had a lot of minutes and then like, Hey, no, you haven't played a lot. Here's, you know, the dude who makes the most money in the NBA. Like, go out there and guard him, you know, uh, regardless of what you want to say about him being able to go left, uh, because I think Santi Aldama stole the ball from, I'm pretty sure he, st- he was sitting down when Jalen Brown was trying to go left and he still stole the ball from him. But that's not the point. Like, w- besides that, this is still the dude that had signed the biggest contract in the NBA, All-NBA, All-Star versus Vince Williams was a two-way contract guy, comes in, locks him down. I think like you got to give him a chance to like prove that that wasn't just one game uh, and even made a couple shots and everything as well. One of those at the end of the shot clock. So I think he's done enough to where where the Grizzlies are right now. And with all the injuries, I'd like to see him get another chance in this next game coming up against the Rockets. Yeah, um, to kind of start with what you were talking about with the Grizzlies defense, um, shout out to Parker Fleming because, you know, he uh, shout out to him. He always is at the games uh, and he gets to ask pregame questions. And he talked to Jenkins about it, um, looking at the quote, basically talking about like struggling to guard the three because obviously that's been a big topic of discussion between Grizz Media, Grizz Twitter, whatever you want to call it. It's been a topic of discussion because they've given up a lot of threes. And like we said before, like, um, you know, they've given up a lot of threes before in the past. But the problem is now you need to adjust quicker because usually they make that adjustment in December and then they're good, but they need it now because their margin of error is smaller for various reasons, as we always talked about. Um, I think Jenkins even said it like, you know, like it's a game to game thing they're studying. And, but he's saying basically the biggest things that they were giving up in terms of threes on the court was corner threes. 
And so um, he said, basically, we just got to figure out that first and then everything else will fall in line. And then now he's talking about more so instead of, like you said, in terms of overhelping, they're doing more funneling to the shot blockers, like basically. So they're funneling more of the basketball to guys like Jaren or Biombo versus them having to kind of like, you know, overhelp, have a foot in the paint. You know what I mean? Like they're trusting more of the bigs to be there versus them helping the helper uh, way too much. So um, I think that's been a big adjustment we've seen because I haven't felt like the last couple games they've overhelped particularly too much. Um, so, you know, I do think that the adjustments have been made, but I think, you know, I hopefully it stays consistent. Um, and as for Vince Williams, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think with Vince Williams, um, you know, he's a guy that um, a lot of people have talked about, you know, because, you know, he has a long wingspan. He can guard multiple positions. He can has shot-making potential. Um, and that's really the biggest thing for me is can you knock down threes, can you defend? I know he can defend, but can he knock down shots? And in that game, he didn't knock down shots. Like you said, with the way the roster set up and the injuries are set up, I mean, he's going to have an opportunity to play. I'm not – I'm expecting him to play at least another couple games and get 16 to 20 minutes. Like, especially with Jake out for what we'll talk – we'll get out – we'll get to those injuries. But, like, Jake's out for, like, two to three weeks, probably maybe longer. Who knows? Um, obviously, Smart's out. Luke's out. Like, I'm naming a bunch of wings and guards that are out. Like, who's going to get those minutes? Like, Zaire's going to get those minutes, but who else? Like, so they don't have like Jacob Geary's out there getting two way his two ways getting minutes. So, you know, Vince is gonna get minutes. Like I'm not, you know, like he's the one to play, uh, because they don't really have any other options. And I mean, he's not like he's a terrible option. Um, again, he does he it seems like he knows how to play within his role. Um, you just hope that the offense, at least for me, I hope that the offense can stay consistent. Cause I think the defense is always gonna be there. Like he's always shown to have, you know, defensive potential. But I think really like but going back to the summer league, he showed that he was has worked on the shooting or shooting got more consistent. So that's really where I wanna see it at making big, you know, making timely shots and just being consistent for three. I'm not saying he's going to be like Desmond Bain or Luke Kennard type of three-point shooter, but if, can you be at least league average? Can you give me 35 to 37%? If you can give me 35 37% from three on like maybe three or four a game, I'm cool. That's all I need right now, you know, because, again, that's just going to open up a lot more for everybody else. And that's not only him, but everybody else. But specifically for him, I think that's the big thing is making shots and everything else will fall in line. But, yeah, I think he played pretty well. Um you know, I think, again, like this is probably the best, the pot. Obviously, it's not a lot of positives to take from the Grizzlies right now because of just how the start is and stuff. But I think in the positive of these injuries is the guys are getting more opportunity to show what they can be in the league and get more reps, actual game reps. Um, and, again, they got the chance to take advantage of it if they play well. And so I think Vince has a chance to do that. And maybe um, even though if, even if the contract thing doesn't, you know, how you can convert contracts, even if that contract conversion doesn't happen this year, they can go in the next offseason and say, hey, we could we got a guy that we can now give a, another deal to or, you know, things of that nature. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that he can, you know, stay with it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And uh, I did also want to talk about that because, like you said, hasn't been like a ton of positives, but they started 0-6. Since then, they're now 3-4. and uh, So it's kind of one of those things where are they where you would want them to be? Obviously not. But the second half of this, you know, the second small sample size has been better than the first sample size. Right. And that's kind of how you got to look at it is I'm kind of looking at it as like five game stretches. Like how much better can you be in this five game stretch? Because when it comes to like this 82 game season, it it's hard to really put that into perspective when you're like going through it. 
I mean, obviously, this is not the first year I've done this pod and everything like that. So, like, we know how long this season is going to be. And I just always try to put it in perspective. Like, last year, I'm pretty sure at this time, the Jazz were number one in the West. And they didn't make the playoffs. You know what I mean? They didn't even make the playing game. Now, obviously, there's a lot of different circumstances around different teams. But it's like, if they can continue to make progress in each in each of these little five-game stretches, right? And like you said, if they can maybe win three out of five instead of how they were at the beginning of the season where they were 0 and 5, and they can start winning three out of five or four out of five in some of these games, especially once Ja gets back, like they are not too far out of it. Now you're getting to this point to where you've still, you're still going to be missing Ja for quite a few games. I think they still have like 11, 12 games without him still coming up. So it's going to be tough in those games. But it's like as long as you can get a couple, they got a tough stretch coming up, but it's like as long as you can just stay connected to where you're not, you know, eight games back from the play-in when Jock gets back. You know what I mean? If you can keep it to four or five games even, like you're going to have a chance going down the stretch. And there's going to be, I and I say it every year, there's going to be at least one or two teams right now that are in the top like 10 that probably aren't going to make it at least two of them, like one or two of them falls out every year. Now I'm not sure exactly what team it's going to be, or maybe it's a team that is top five right now that'll end up in the play-in. But like, there's going to be at least one of those teams that you're expecting based on the beginning of the season to kind of be there. That's not going to be there. So I think there is still enough space for the Grizzlies to make it there. But like we've been saying the last couple of weeks, they got to keep making progress from a week to week basis and then they really are just going to have to be awesome when John Morant comes back, or they're going to have, you know, a tough rest of the year too. But like I said, they are making progress, but I did want to get into a little bit of a different kind of conversation because we do have a familiar face that the Grizzlies are facing this week, a couple times this week, actually. And that is Dylan Brooks. First game will be coming up on the day that we're dropping this podcast. Uh, Dylan Brooks will be playing. Uh, against the Grizzlies for the first time. First time he will play against the Grizzlies after spending uh, the first beginning part of his career with the Grizzlies and everything like that. And some of the comments that he's made have been very Dylan Brooks-esque. He said the Grizzlies have no swagger. He said that he's like the ex-girlfriend that (laughs) he said it's like the ex-girlfriend that uh, you didn't realize how good I was, but now that I'm gone, you wish I had, you wish you had me back. Like that's basically what he said. I think Taylor Jenkins says something about he's been happily married for like 10 years or something, which was whatever. But all of that stuff is exactly what I expect from Dylan Brooks. And as a basketball fan, I am going to greatly enjoy this game. Dylan Brooks is definitely going to have a technical foul. I can see it. I made a tweet earlier. Dylan Brooks versus Desmond Bain, double technical. If I could put it in a parlay, I would because it's going to happen. I feel pretty confident because everybody knows. And I'm not saying it's coming from a place of hate. I think that the only animosity I think Dylan Brooks really would have would be with the coaching staff in the front office. I don't think that there's any animosity between the players. But from a player standpoint, everyone knows that when you're playing against your friends, a lot of the times it's actually more competitive because you're playing for bragging rights. You're playing for for the rest of the year. I wouldn't be able to text this dude and tell him I gave him 40. Like, right. And I think that that level 
of play is going to come out, and I think it's going to be big. I think it's going to be uh, a big game. I think that Desmond Bain versus Dylan Brooks matchup is going to be huge. That's what I would expect for them to start. But I also would not be surprised if we see some Dylan Brooks on Jaron Jackson Jr. too, because we've seen him we've seen him guard bigger players in the past. So we'll see exactly what they decide to do with that. But I think that having Dylan out there against him is going to bring out the best, especially in Desmond Bain. I'm expecting him to come out, pick him up 94 feet, beginning of the game, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. So I'm really excited for the game. Uh, the comments, I think I, I don't have anything bad to say about Dylan because of the comments. Like this is somebody like we watched Dylan for all these years. We know that's what he's going to do, regardless of who he was playing. I could have told you that he was going to say, I honestly would have thought he was going to say more. Like, I could have told you as soon as he signed that when this game was coming up, he was going to be talking trash about the Grizzlies because that's just the kind of dude he is. And I think that's kind of what Desmond Bain said, too. Uh, but, yeah, it's going to be a great game. And I'm really excited for it, too. Yeah. Um, I saw the Dylan Brooks stuff earlier, and I had a little response. I think it was the Mike Tomlin meme where it's like, we, we do not care. And to a certain extent, I don't because it's like, again, like you said, I – Basically, this is how I look at it. It's like from people that reacted to it on this. Look who it is. Understand who he has been in the past. Look where the team is at that he used to play for. Where the team he's at, understand that was always going to be said. The Grizzlies got no swag without him, blah, blah, blah. Like, you knew, like, it's Dylan Brooks. He's going to say that. Like, who cares? Like, you know what I mean? Like, the comment, like, he did that before. Like, this is what he does. This is his persona. This is his brand. So he's going to say these type of things regardless of what anybody thinks. That's how he got to where he's at. So you just got to commend it. And again, the Grizzlies are 3 and 10, so they can't really say too much about it. But the game will be interesting because, again, obviously, like you said, I don't think it's going to be, oh, well, I know you said there's probably not going to be too much animosity. I think it probably would have been more if Smart was playing, not saying they don't like each other, but, like, that's the person they essentially replaced him with, but he's not going to be out there. But, I mean, obviously, they're going to try to win those games, like they win that game because they understand who's on the other side. Um, especially with Dylan, I feel like it's different with Tyus. Tyus is like the nice dude. They, you know, they were good, happy to see him. Dylan's a more competitive dude, so they're probably gonna try to win that game regardless, um, or have more incentive to win that game. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it'll be a fun game. Obviously, I do think he'll get a tech somehow, some way. Um, you know, he'll probably get into it with one of either Bane or Jaren. Like, it's probably gonna happen. And, you know, um, yeah, I mean, he might play well, he might not. Again, I, I mean, he's been playing well so far for them. But I always say this, again, let's check back at the end of the season and see where both teams are at, where the players are at and all that before we give it a, you know, obviously, he, you know, you know, Grizz got to eat it. Grizz fans got to eat it, and they got to eat it with what he's saying right now because, I mean, I guess, you know, because most people are going to go off the record and say he's he's not wrong. But I, obviously, I'm always big on, hey, you need more context. But, um, yeah, it'll be, a, it'll be a decent game because, again, off the simple fact that Houston's better. Like, I've watched a couple of Houston games. They're a much better team. I mean, I said they were going to be a better team. Obviously, I didn't have them where I think I think they're like top eight right now. I obviously didn't have them there. I, I, and, and, and so, you know, they are probably been, I guess, a little bit better than expected, obviously, early on. But that team is really good. Like, that team is not like a just an easy win anymore. Like, they got a lot of good players. They got Afrin Shangun, who they really – oh, I personally think is probably their second or best – arguably the best player right now. And then you got Fred Van Fleet, got Jalen Green, Jabari Smith Jr. Like, you got a lot of young dudes who are really good on that roster. Um so, they're, you know, it's not going to be no pushover. And you're on the road. So, you know, again, um, Dylan, you know, is probably, you know, 
at home in Houston is probably going to play a little bit better with a little bit more center. You know, he's going to make probably make more shots. Role players play better at home. So, you know, we'll see. It's going to be an interesting game. But, again, the funny thing is the Grizzlies have been better on the road. Like, the Grizzlies have won at home, but they won all their games on the road. So, it's just funny. So, they're probably going to be locked in. So, it should be a good game. Uh, I hope they do win it. It's probably going to be a close game for the most part. But, I mean, yeah, uh, Dylan might have a revenge game. But, listen, if, as long as we win, I don't care what, what he does. He can have 30. He can have zero. As long as we win, I'm cool. You know what I mean? That's really what I like to see. I like for us to win. Plus, I'm trying to get my jokes off. So, I need us to win. All right. Even if you don't win, Facts. play play bad. I'm trying to get these jokes off. Trying, I'm trying to have fun with this. So that's really what I'm here for. I'm here for the jokes, but I am here for the win. So yeah, yeah. Hopefully they can get the win. And I like what you said about like checking back at the end of the season because, like you said, like so far, yes, Dylan Brooks has had a really good year, like to start the season. And I even said, I'm pretty sure I said it on this pod that I was happy for Dylan when he signed that contract. Good for him. The Grizzlies were not going to be able to pay him that. Just the Grizzlies were not going to pay him that based on everybody else that they're going to be paying, right? They chose Desmond Bain over him, which I'm still fine with that decision. (laughs) You know, the first 12 games or 13 games of the season are not going to change that for me. And it's basically because, like, we've seen Dylan Brooks have these good stretches before, which he has fallen off a little bit from, like, that, you know, first, like, week of the season. He just came out on fire. But, like, we've seen Dylan have these stretches before. But I, I I check back and see what's going on in, like, January, see how he's doing and everything like that. I do think that part of the thing that this has kind of shown is that it wasn't all on Dylan Brooks, like, when he was making or, or when he was playing bad. I think maybe some of it could have been, like, the coaching staff didn't use him the right way and everything like that. But we said that at the we said that at the end of the year they needed him to be a 3 and D, a 3 and D player and that's just simply not what he is he's not just a simple 3 and D player he's got to have the ball in his hands at least a little bit drive to the basket a little bit more uh but you know he's been shooting the ball a lot less in Houston i feel like uh they've been good with him doing what he has been doing and then they, he's picked his spots pretty well from the games i've watched now i haven't watched every Houston game obviously but when you look at the way the last two seasons ended, I still am not ready to say based on the first 12 games of the season that the Grizzlies have made a complete mistake by not bringing back Dylan Brooks. Cause I still think that, you know, all the people that they have out is still way more important than just not having Dylan Brooks. You know what I mean? Now, maybe if John Morant was playing and the Grizzlies weren't being killed by injuries i would say that oh yeah the number one reason why the grizzlies are not good right now is because they lost Dylan brooks but the fact of the matter is is that in the last two playoffs combined he shot under 35 percent from the floor and i think 30 percent from three in the last two playoffs that's when it matters most obviously he wasn't the only reason they lost but it's like that's why they moved on at the end of the day and i don't think like you said i don't think that these first 12 games really validate that it was the wrong move necessarily but i mean if he keeps playing like that maybe it will but i'm not expecting like he's not going to shoot 50 percent from three for the season so let's see exactly what happens see where houston is and where the grizzlies are at the end of the season uh because i'm just not 100 percent sold on it yet yeah i mean <clears throat> excuse me yeah no i'm not sold on it either like i mean again a lot of my criticism with any player that they let go it's not about them letting that player particularly go it's about what are you doing to replace that player and while and or 
replace that player or that specific bunch of players. And so for me, that's kind of where I've always had the criticism. It's not about getting Dylan Burks back or keeping him. Like, it's about what are you doing to replace that? I personally didn't think they did enough to replace him. But I've been saying they need more help on the wing, even when Dylan Brooks was on the roster. So that's, you know, that didn't mean anyway. Because uh, I don't kind of look at it from, okay, that player is gone. So now they got to figure out how to replace him. Because sometimes that player, you know, you're going to, you know, it's not just, oh, these players are the same player. Like you're going to have, you're going to get a different player because it's a different player, if that makes sense. Like Dylan Brooks is Dylan Brooks, like the other players, other players. Like Mark Smart is Mark Smart. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think for them, it's kind of like, um, you know, I don't, Again, it's 12 games is way too small sample size. Like, but again, like I've said, like he's going to get his victory laps off right now. And just like other people that don't like the Grizzlies are going to get their victory lap takes off. Like, that's just what they do. Like, you know, it's part of it. Like, they, you know, they just got, you know, Grizz got to eat it and fans too got to eat it. But like I always say, it's a long season. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this could be totally different in a month in terms of how the perception is, um, especially if you get guys back, obviously, including John Moran. Uh, start winning games, you know, the whole thing can flip. Because it's all about what have you done for me lately. So, you know, I think people forget, you know, people have very short-term memory and, don't, you know, the, you know, for, quit for forget the stuff that you mentioned. Like, there's a reason why Dylan Brooks was let go. Like, it wasn't like we just, like, you know, they try to make, he can say all the scapegoat stuff he want, but, like, there was a lot of reason why they let you go. And there's a lot more to it that they, there's a lot more to it that they haven't even talked about. Or there's a lot more that they can talk about, but they haven't talked about. Um, in terms of how it all went down and things of that nature. So, yeah, I'm not really necessarily, you know, like concerned about it. Like, you know, like it's going to play out how it's supposed to play out. And I'm I'm very confident. Mm-hmm. And I'm still, even like you said, like I'm still, like I'm cool with it. Like I'm not sitting here at 3 and 10 saying, oh, man, we need Dylan Brooks back. Like there is, that has never been a thought in my mind saying we need Dylan Brooks back. I will say that now and I will continue to say that. I, I'm totally cool with it, totally fine with it, will forever be fine with it. Um, my more so my thing is just getting a better roster or building a better roster, at least from Zach Climbers' perspective. Like just continue to get better players in here. So yeah, I mean, you know, I'm cool with what's going on. Like it's it's fine. It's fine. But yeah, no, so that will be a fun game. A couple matchups against Dylan Brooks and the Rockets coming up in this next week. Uh before our last segment, did want to get to the injuries because we I feel like we could, I mean we at this point we could make it a segment of every episode. Right, we might just have to start doing that because the hits keep coming. Honestly, for the Grizzlies, uh, we start with uh, on the twentieth a couple of days ago, coming out that Luke Kennard is going to be reevaluated in two weeks. Uh, so that means for everybody who isn't like super big on following like what the Grizzlies press releases and stuff are, usually if they say reevaluated in two weeks, that almost guarantees he's probably not going to be back in those two weeks. So in two weeks, we're going to find out exactly how long he's going to be out. So maybe best case scenario in two weeks, he comes back and they say, Oh, he's good. But just based on history reevaluated usually means there's going to be, I'd say in, after those two weeks, we'll get another update. And it might be he's day to day, or they might be he might be doubtful, or he might be questionable, like stuff like that. But we know that Luke Kennard is going to be out the next two weeks, and we also now uh, know, or and that was a left bone bruise for Luke Kennard, and we also know Jake Laravia is going to be out for two to three weeks uh, because he has a corneal abrasion of his left eye. So if there's anything, if there's any any injuries you've never heard of, like ah. I honestly I don't know what that is hopefully he can get that fixed 
This sounds pretty bad. Uh, I know he was wearing those goggles in the preseason, so maybe this was why. But uh, yeah, so just looking up for these ne- for this next couple games. Obviously, still missing Stephen Adams, Brandon Clark, uh, John Morant still suspended, everything like that. But no Mo- Marcus Smart, no Xavier Tillman, uh, no Luke Kennard. It like the bench stuff is still going to be really tough for them. Uh, but they are getting Derrick Rose back, and Derrick Rose did play well in that Spurs game. I felt like he had a pretty good spark off the bench, had a couple nice layups and made a three-pointer, stuff like that. So that's good in terms of injuries. But, yeah, they just haven't been able to catch a break when it comes to injuries. I don't know if it's just unlucky. I don't know if maybe the Grizzlies need to look at what they're doing in the offseason, like maybe if they need to do better in their offseason programs or what it is. but. Just to start to the season in terms of injury, injury luck, and all of that, it's just been really bad. Yeah, I, I said it on Twitter earlier today. It's like the injury tweet almost every other day is the funniest thing to me right now at this point. Because again, with the Grizzlies, it goes from a person popping up on a report, stay on the report, they get off a report, get back on, you know, play a game, get back on a report. And then, hey, Grizzlies medical update from the Grizzlies PR. Hey, the person's out two to three weeks. Like, I just laughed. Like, I just expected at this point. Listen, I'm expecting another one, too. I mean, I know they said they said they had the Jake one. They had the Luke one. Obviously, I think we got what? I mean, they said. They had the Marcus Smart one, too. The Marcus yeah, Smart, Smart one, three to five yeah, weeks. Three to five weeks. I mean, they said Tillman's week to week. But I'm expecting that week to week to be like something that's going to be like, hey, two to three weeks. Like, that's just my mindset. I know it's very pessimistic but that's just what it's been this whole season every time it started before the season see steven adams they, they listen right before the season they, hey he's gonna be out for the whole season <laughs> it's just funny I, all i can do is laugh like every time the grizzlies post an injury report if y'all follow me on twitter i post this memphis grizzly logo bear that has like crutches and like a cast because that is basically what the memphis grizzlies are every game every time you see the injury report it looks like a football injury report. Every time you see the injury report, it's not even a tweet. It's in a notes page, like an iPhone notes page. They're not even putting this on Twitter. They don't have enough characters to put it on Twitter. Think about that for a second. They putting this on the notes page. That's how bad it is right now for us. <laughs> it's so funny, man. I, I mean, again, you know, it's just that's the hand they dealt. Like, it's been like this the whole time. It's always something. So. And again, like nobody, like in the grand scheme of things, like nobody's gonna really care or feel sorry in terms of the outside looking in. Obviously, the Grizzlies fans are like, man, feel sorry for themselves, but like teams are not gonna care. You know, like games still gotta be played. So, you know, they just gotta figure it out and, and weather the storm. Because again, some of these people can't come back. It's, you know, obviously with, you know, um, Adams and Clark, you know, well, Adams out for the whole year, Clark could come back, but that's probably, probably not till March, you know, but like Luke can come back. Obviously, Jai's going to be back soon. I think, what, like you said, 12 games, I think, 12 or 11, somewhere around there. Smart will probably be back. Tillman will probably be back until, you know, otherwise, until proven otherwise. So, you know, these guys can't come back. So, you know, you got, you know, you just have to continue to weather the storm. Because, again, if you get some of these guys back and then everybody starts clicking, then, hey, then you, you're going to have see a better team. But until then, you just got to weather the storm. But I, I, I just I, – every it's just funny, man. I just laugh at these injury reports now, man, because – it's really like my like if anybody plays 2k it's really like the my league injuries like this is really what it is like all these random little 
injuries. Hey, somebody's out for two to three weeks. Hey, somebody's out for a month. Like, <laughs> it just won't stop, bro. Like, I'm just expecting at this point. Like, I'm really just having negative mindset. But it's just funny, man. But, yeah, I think they'll be all right. I mean, again, we've seen this before. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of, I won't say newer Grizzly fans, but, like, this is not as bad as 2015, 2016. If anybody remembers that year where they played, like, 2016. Yes. Yes, and they that, barely when made they played the, the most players. They played the yeah, most, most players, players in the history of the NBA. Exactly, that was a crazy yeah. season. Exactly. So yeah, so, not not that bad at least, but yeah, yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not that bad. It feels that bad for people that weren't around. But trust me, it could be a lot worse. Trust me, it could be a lot worse. We could be out without Bane and Jaren. It could be a lot worse. So you know, um, you kind of just have to put things in perspective and take it for what it is. So. Uh, you know, I, I I mean, you know, I think they'll be fine. You know, the biggest thing is hopefully the, for, at least for me, in all seriousness, outside the jokes, is that the Luke thing is not too serious. And hopefully the X thing is not too serious. Those two things in particular. Obviously, we kind of know what's smart. That's three to five weeks. But the Luke thing, I'm really, really Luke and Tillman, I hope it's not too serious because, again, Luke provides obviously some offensive um uh, some offensive spacing from the three-point line and things of that nature. And then, obviously, X gives you another body as a big. So, hoping those guys can get back sooner than later. But, again, it's just a wait-and-see thing. But, um, yeah, that's just that's just where we're at right now. So, you know, you know, they can still win games. You know, they just have – again, margin of error is just small. But, they, I mean, they can get it done. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think the goal for now is to just get the injury report back into the Twitter character limit. That is the first goal. If we can just get away from the notes app, the notes app is for supposed to be for when celebrities get canceled and they want to keep all their money. It's not supposed to be for injury reports, man. So if we can just get back into the Grizz, if the Grizzlies can just get back into the Twitter character limit when it comes to these injuries, I think they'll be a lot better. But yeah, it's it's just been really tough injury wise. Uh, hopefully, all the guys they've got can try to stay healthy and. Hopefully, uh, as much as it does sound bad, they can trade this early injury luck in and they can have great injury luck when it comes uh, to the end of the season. So that's that's all that's all I can say is hopefully uh, this early season injury stuff uh, will come back around and they'll be healthier when, you know, when it really matters late in the season, everything like that. Uh, But last thing I did want to ask, Alex, I didn't even tell you we were going to do this. The last thing I want to ask, because it is Thanksgiving week, what's your first plate going to look like on Thanksgiving, Alex? I got to know. Uh, dang. See, see, see this, this is on the spot. I don't even know. Well, no, I mean, I don't know if that's some turkey. Probably some mashed potatoes. What else, man? What else are we having? I'm trying to think, because I don't know the hey, whole itinerary right now. But that's you what don't the, know the whole itinerary? Okay. Yeah, I don't know the okay. whole thing right now because the, there's there's some more stuff I gotta I gotta ask my parents because I really didn't think about it. Um, but I know the turkey's gonna be. Like, I I tried some of the turkey today. It's gonna be good. But the other stuff like the like your side items, I don't know yet. I don't know yet. Probably mm-hmm. gonna have maybe a little bit of cornbread. I don't know. Okay. To be the okay. But, Definitely but some know, corn. You know, you gotta have cornbread. You gotta have cornbread. Yes, but not for even sure. Question. Yeah, but for sure, I think it's probably. At least the the my basic my main keys is gonna be the turkey and the mashed potatoes. Everything else we'll figure out mm-hmm. when we okay. get there. But I think those are the main two things that's gonna be on the plate to start. At least to start. So yeah. Okay. For me, like I'm I'm definitely cool with the turkey. I, I like ham more, honestly, but it is Thanksgiving. So 
I feel like I gotta go with the turkey too. But we definitely, we definitely gotta have the dressing, man. Gotta have some dressing with some gravy on the top of it. That's going on my first plate. Uh, not question. Probably some other stuff too. Like we said, not sure exactly what all is on the itinerary, but that those two, like the turkey and the dressing, is number one. Got to be on every plate on Thanksgiving, in my opinion. Right? That's just how it works. But from me and Alex here for the Next Gen Podcast on the Bluff City Media Podcast Network, Happy Thanksgiving! Uh, if y'all see this, let us know what's going on your plate in the comments. You know, because we definitely want to know what what all what what everybody's gonna be eating uh, on this Thanksgiving. Uh, but I appreciate everybody who's listening to this episode and listens to the podcast every week. And we'll see y'all next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Next Gen Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a like and a comment wherever you download your podcasts. Head over to www.bluffcitymedia.co where you will find comprehensive coverage of all things Memphis sports and how you can become an insider. We'll see you back here next time.